Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning. Dana Olivo here with Charged Up Studio, the podcast spotlighting news for small and micro businesses. 2021 has skyrocketed in, and the aptly titled Lost Year of 2020 is behind us. Although the lost year is behind us, the residual effects remain. Moving forward for the next few episodes, Charged Up Studio will focus on bringing you all of the news and information you will need to continue breaking through the COVID-19 pandemic barriers. We'll focus on economic opportunities opening up and threats you will need to watch out for. This week's episode will focus on the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, and how to better prepare and understand small business bookkeeping and accounting moving forward for the next year. Before we get started, though, let's talk about what's happening in the world this morning. Good news, the COVID virus numbers are down 45% from its peak on January 8th in the U.S. Is that because of the immunization or is it just uh, a natural occurrence? That's still to be known. We'll, We'll keep you up to date as we learn more about this. Republican senators are pushing for a smaller coronavirus relief bill. Senator Susan Collins of Maine felt confident that Republicans were being heard. However, West Virginia Governor Republican Jim Justice is calling for a big coronavirus stimulus bill to get people taken care of, he says. His stance could give the Democrats support on an ambitious package. In other news, top recording artists like Bob Dylan, Stevie Nicks, and Shakira, among others, have recently sold all or part of their rights to their music catalog for large payouts. Why? The pandemic has prevented them from touring, which takes a significant chunk of the income. Additionally, they are taking advantage of the bull market by reinvesting their proceeds. That's it for the news this morning. Now let's move on to our featured topic for the day. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Podcast Tuesday. Happy uh, Charged Up Studio Tuesday. This is Dana Olivo with Marketatomy LLC. And we are here with Elizabeth Ortiz with Chem Solutions, Business Solutions. And today, our podcast is going to focus primarily on um, what has happened over the last 12 months and moving forward over the next 12 months. 
Liz is the co-founder and vice president of Chem's Business Solutions, an accounting firm dedicated to its clients. Their primary goal is to help businesses grow and fully understand their business. Liz focuses on helping clients improve management reporting, financial analysis, administrative practices, process development, and workflows, among other things. So good morning, Liz. Good morning, Dana. Thank you so much for having us on the Tar Jump Studio. Yes, yes. Well, um, as you probably know, um, and my listeners know, Charged Up Studio is all about helping the small business, the small and micro business owners, and bringing them the education, the tools, and the skill sets they need in order to succeed in business. And what I have um, found out through my research and everything is small business licenses have increased 83% since Mm -hmm. March of last year. And the reason for that is primarily because of the fact that a lot of these people starting their own businesses can't find work. And so they're having to go out and use their expertise to try and bring in money any way they can. So what have you seen, Liz, as far as this is concerned? Well, you're right. That has increased. And we actually thought it was the most bizarre phenomenon almost that we were seeing. Um, I remember calling the Florida Department of Revenue to try to resolve an issue. And they said, we're so backed up because there's so many businesses, new businesses applying. And we're like, wait, what? In the middle of pandemic? That's that's insane. She's like, it's happening. And it's not even one industry. It's just across many industries. And I think that one of the things the pandemic did for people, I think it kind of woke a lot of people up. There were people that were that were unemployed, but there were also people that wanted had been trying to or wanted to pursue um, an additional either side hustle or whatever the case was. And it gave them the option of, you know what, maybe I wanna do this. It also gave a lot of those freelancers um, that didn't have a a set because they worked with one one company continuously um, and never really fully established their industry or their expertise as a business. It gave them the opportunity to say, you know what, maybe I I can do little bits of it across a lot of people, right? Um, and so we did see an increase of, of uh, businesses opening, bizarrely enough, but um, it was, it's was it been great, I think, for that everyone took this opportunity, I think. that I think my point, uh, the way I see it, um, the pandemic really highlighted what people were doing well and also what they weren't doing so well. And so we've seen kind of, you know, a bunch of businesses blossom in this environment. Um, And we've seen a lot of business owners uh, pivot, make adjustments, reinvent themselves, go after um, new opportunities that perhaps they wouldn't have explored had they been comfortable and their, you know, one product um, been totally stable. And, And that's been exciting. It's been exciting that, you know, you know, our feathers have been ruffled enough for us to take the initiative and say, hey, maybe I want to explore something new, get out of my comfort zone. Um, And it has been, I'm I'm not trying to, to act like what what's happened has not been, you know, crazy chaotic, and that there are people that are suffering um, financially as a result. But I do think that uh, an era of opportunity was born and an era where people felt more comfortable, you know, taking that dive into small business ownership. 
I think you're absolutely right. And as a result of that, um, I think what we've seen, like you said, they've gotten out of their comfort zone. They may have been thinking about this all along, but as long as they were comfortable in their jobs, um, mm -hmm. they weren't willing to take that step. But once this pandemic moved in and they were forced into making a decision, now all of a sudden they're thinking, okay, I'm going to take that step. I'm going to move out. Um, on my own. And when we come, when it comes to starting your own business, um, there's the funding aspect. Mm -hmm. And with that funding aspect, how many of these new entrepreneurs are depending on their 401ks and dipping into the equity in their homes and things like that in order to make a go of this business? And what do you see happening moving forward? So we actually have seen, yeah, yeah. Um, man, charge up studio. You really know how to lay it out. Um, the, what we have seen is there have been some that have tapped into, um, you know, their, their, their retirement, um, even for significant amounts to launch or to purchase an existing business. Cause that was also an opportunity right. buying out businesses that, you know, where an owner said, you know what, I was, I was looking to, you know, downsize and, and, and start selling this. I'm just going to, you know, accelerate that process. So that, that was also happening. Um, and so, but what I, what we did see more of were people um, making uh, a go out of home businesses with little investment because there's a really real opportunity for that. Um, I think what you end up putting in a lot more of is sweat equ equity and making sure you're convicted in, in what you're selling and that your product really is out there and that you know that there's a lot of, you know, the markets are crowded. And so um, I think sometimes we see a lot of businesses open and then unfortunately they kind of fizzle out, right? Because, right. Um, you know, it might take three, 30 contacts to get that, you know, 30 phone calls to get that one phone call, uh, return call. So, and that can be exhausting because that's not what you signed up for, right? You right. signed up to start selling this product. Right. Um, and so we kind of see that fatigue setting in. Um, and, and we have had situations where, you know, we've spoken to new business owners at the beginning of the year or um, middle of last year. And then now when we're speaking to them, they have been like, okay, wow, this is kind of hard. And, you know, why is the money not coming in? Um, and, and we were like, you know, without the pandemic, it would have been hard. Yeah. So you add that pandemic. And I think what's happening is every business out there, uh, every business owner has been more cognizant of how they're spending their dollars. Right. Um, it's not necessarily that they're hoarding their cash and not wanting to do it. But like everybody else, when you're in abundance, you don't really quite think about, oh, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to save that leftover because I might not have food tomorrow. Right. Um, you're like, oh, we could just throw that away. Right. And so I think that a lot of business owners went that route where, when that was happening and there was a period where we really didn't know what was going to go on. Right? right. And I think that period was like in the middle of March through maybe the, the first week of April. And for three weeks, there was really like this whole eerie feel of, of, you know, I don't know, is this, is this, are we going to come out of this? What's going to happen? And I think that was the time that people kind of maybe panicked and said, oh my gosh, let's, let's do a deep dive. And so for, for that time, I don't know that our business 
that we, you know, really slept because it was just a constant review on, on right. phone calls and analyzing what the government was going to do and how they were going to step in to try to help small businesses because everyone was sort of in a panic mode. Right. And it didn't even matter that they had um, cushion, you know, like that they had right. reserves and cash reserves. Right. They just didn't know what happened. And some industries were obliterated before March. We just didn't know about it because right. it wasn't quite as, you know, it wasn't the, the, the news that was, you know, taken over every, every hour like right. it, it is now. Yes. And speaking about the government help. Okay. Here's another thing that we have to look at on the financial side of things is, you know, we've got money that's coming in through um, workman's comp. And then we have the um, incentive money that's come, not incentive, but the money that is being sent direct to um, families to help out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, what do they call it? The, uh, the, that stimulus package? For, stimulus, for the, yes, the yeah. stimulus money that's coming out, you know, and things like that. Um, how does that, what are our responsibilities as far as any of that is concerned when it comes to accounting? And especially when we're talking about the PPP loans, so, you know, which ones are, are loans and which ones are grants, you know, what do we have to look forward to? as far as this money that's coming out of the government yeah, so, and moving um, forward? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I'm going to focus not on the personal side, so I'm not going to focus too much on the stimulus side. I'm going to focus right. on the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the business side, we, we had, you know, the Paycheck Protection Program, better known as the PPP loans. Um, and there was so much, that was just such a moving target from the moment it was announced to, uh, you know, they rolled it out kind of quickly and, and not everyone was on the same page. And it was just kind of catastrophic from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. The intent, I think, was a really good intent in trying to get it out there. I think the rollout might have been uh, not so good. Well, the intent um, was and, to keep people employed, right? Exactly. It was yes. totally it was that was the main focus on it. It wasn't at all to help um business owners pay the rent. It wasn't at all. The intent was how do we minimize people going and applying for that unemployment? And so how do we give this money to employers to make sure um, they can keep their staff? And so um, I think that the dynamic happened uh, or what became difficult was that it was hard for employers to keep employees there because they, they didn't have any sales coming in. And so you had to use these funds for a very specific purpose if you wanted to qualify for forgiveness, which that was the big incentive was, hey, here's some money for you to keep your employees. And by the way, you're going to be able to apply and get it fully forgiven if you use it the right way. Um, And then there was a little bit of talk from the IRS saying, hey, you can't use my money to pay me back. What are you crazy? Um, And so there was a lot of back and forth. But in December, um, we got the confirmation. So, you know, the PPP is a forgivable loan. And you can still claim those expenses in your uh, business taxes. Uh, so that was really great because that was the intent all along was to help that small business owner. Um, I think um, the, the forgiveness side of things um, was a little more cumbersome because uh, initially it was rolled out as, hey, it's going to be super simple for you to you know, apply for forgiveness as long as you prove that you used it in these, you know, that you've met the parameters on which they were supposed to be used. Mm -hmm. But then the application started rolling out and we're like, wait a minute, in order to get some of this information for forgiveness, some people have to do some serious work. 
um, which is not on their financial records. Yes. And documenting their, their bookkeeping or their payroll records. Yeah. And now here's the thing. Uh, We laugh because in our industry, um, there's nothing against wives, but everybody feels like their wife can be, you know, the bookkeeper, the accountant and all that other stuff. Um, and everyone feels like processing payroll is just that, you know, you take the time card and you click it in and somebody got a paycheck. And so you're, you're a payroll expert now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we saw was a huge, like, um, I don't know, it was a boom of people calling because, oh my gosh, I want to apply for this PPP loan. And I found a couple of things. I've not been paying or processing payroll and I don't have really accurate records. Oh my gosh, I don't have really good bookkeeping detail. So, but I really want to get this money. And it was a Black Friday market kind of feel with that first round of PPP funding. And so it's a madhouse. I remember that we, we stayed up the night before April 3rd. It'll forever be barked in my memory. Um, and we're just getting everybody done and, and sort of prepared because the minute they open on, on that Friday, we we're going to launch it. And everything changed, Dana. By the time that we woke up that morning, all the hard work we put in so that all of our clients could just submit had changed. And we were like, what in the world yeah. happened? So it's, it was totally a madhouse um, trying to make sure that people had accurate bookkeeping, trying to make sure they had the right payroll records to be able to apply for it. Yeah. And finding out that, oops, you never paid yourself the way you were supposed to pay yourself. So now you didn't qualify for that PPP loan. Um, or, wow. you know, you, you may have put a lot more expenses through. So now there was no, not even a draw to sort of bring you because you wanted to show a, lo- a loss for the year. Right. And so it definitely was this huge awakening for business owners and saying, wait a minute, what do I really want to do with my business? How do I really want to b- run the business? And what, what do I really want to call business expense? And what do I really not want to, because we were in this moment of uncertainty. I feel like we're still a little bit in that moment of uncertainty though, um, of not knowing how to move forward. And we didn't want to be the ones missing out on any assistance. Does that kind of all make sense? I know I kind of dropped a whole lot there. And I figure with, with you and what chem solutions does, you know, uh, business solutions does is the fact that, you know, um, you're, you're dealing for, you're right there at the front of the firing line because mm-hmm. you've got your clients who are totally confused. And then at the same time, you're confused and things are changing constantly. And you almost feel as though the energy that you're putting into it is wasted until somebody makes some final decisions, you know, oh, man, either, <laughs> either shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly what we said. We're like, can you not do this? Yes. Um, yes. You know, it's really, it's really confusing, but um, you know, so really it's not a matter of a loan versus a grant. It's more of a loan that you can ask forgiveness uh, from. Right. And so if, if the business owner grabbed that loan um, and used it for the right purposes, we've not seen anybody come back and not get that forgiveness. Um, And I think that, you know, it was one of those areas you, at the very beginning, nobody knew they were going to have the, the, re, the way to apply it, I think, was worded. Hey, if you think you'll have a financial need, um, you go ahead and you apply for it. So that's why there was all the masses went and applied for it. Right. Because yeah. if we thought we needed it, well, we didn't know what the heck we needed. We never lived through a pandemic. We didn't right. know how fast this was going to. So, yeah, we're all applying for it. 
Um, so I think the second draw now is a little bit more specific in, hey, you need to meet this criteria specifically in order to apply for it and, and get some funding. So you, oh. can, you can get that grant, um, that loan, you can ask for forgiveness um, and it's working really smoothly as long as, and I always keep saying this, you've documented the use of the funds. So we're gonna always go back to that record keeping. Right. You know, did you record it? Do you have accurate financials in place? Did you, do you have your bank statements? Do you have um, your payroll records? Do you have your rent invoice? Do you have, so all of this is all about record keeping. So you get $150,000. Do you want the chance to get it forgiven? Heck yeah, I do. So what am I going to do? I'm going to follow all the rules to the T, right? Right. right. And so that's really the important part here. And, and, And with that being said, now you're talking about what the requirements are, but what type of companies can take advantage of this PPP? Yeah, so the original PPP, um, I know that so as of December 27th, when the, um, that extension or the, the new package was rolled out, um, there's, there's specifications for people applying for a draw two. And those are a little different than people that can apply for draw one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for draw one, it has to be an entity, meaning a freelancer um, that was always a 1099 may not necessarily qualify. They're not they're not completely disqualified, but they may not qualify. Um, but it all depends on how you're running your business and how you present it. And another key area is who your banker was or is. Do you have a relationship with that banker? Because having that line of communication is going to be key in, in helping you navigate the entire process. Um, but primarily you had your S-Corps, your C-Corps, all of your corporations that were doing LLCs had applied and a lot of, again, the intent of that PPP loan was for employees. Mm-hmm. So right. if you did not have employees, you really can't get mad at the government for not allowing you to get that loan because that was the intent. The intent was to make sure that business owners that had employees could retain their employees. Okay. So it does not apply to virtual employees that are not, that are, that are consultants, 1099s. And uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So if I had a company and my company was established and that happens a lot of times, and we even see it now with the, that, yeah. that new massive uh, new Im- uh, businesses coming up, having an employee is a lot of responsibility and it's huge, right. a huge financial burden. Right. Um, so I can totally see the appeal of having a bunch of freelancers and having a team of freelancers where you guys meet and you get to ha- make it happen. But that's the difference then um, in terms of whether you can apply for that PPP right. loan or not. Right. So, yeah, but those freelancers themselves, depending on how they establish their business, may qualify for that PPP loan. So it's just it's kind of um, you don't ever want to say, no, you don't qualify right. because depending on the relationship and how you navigate and how the person was really recording their information. We always said, listen, we don't think based on the criteria, but submit the application. You're better off getting a no right. than having somebody coming back and saying um, and or, or having somebody come back and say, hey, you might qualify. Let's get some additional information. Right. And that would be better than just not even applying because you didn't think you right. qualified. Right. I can tell you that I get so many um, uh, emails and things like that from companies saying, you know, uh, 
you know, file for PPP loans, you know, and things like that. Well, I don't have full-time employees or part-time mm-hmm. employees. Mine are all, you know, uh, virtual employees. They're 1099s that I use right now. So therefore I don't even, uh, you know, worry about applying for the PPP. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of companies that have been hurting that think, okay, this is free money and that's not going to happen. So with mm-hmm. that being said, let's go back and let's talk about, you know, when you're a small business coming to Chem Business Solutions and things like that, how do you work with your cu- your customers and what are the uh, what are the downfalls? What are the things that you see, the gaps that a lot of these small companies are missing, you know, yeah. when they come for your help? Well, I think um, one of the biggest things we see is my friend runs a similar business. So I'm running it and I'm using what they said to run mm-hmm. my business. Mm-hmm. Well, I love your friend for running a business and, you know, he's a fellow small business owner. So we stick together, but he might not be doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we really always encourage is, okay, if you want to start a new business, that's absolutely awesome. You're obviously passionate about whatever it is you're going to start. And that's why you want to do it, right? Because I don't think any of us go in it for the money because we know the money doesn't quite come as fast as we think. No, right. Um, but but what we do want is to kind of help them um, help understand what it is that that they're looking for when they start their business. And so our conversations um, tend to revolve around what made you want to start the business? What are you looking to get out of the business? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes those are the harder questions uh, to, to answer rather than the logistics of, Hey, let's get your, um, let's get your, you know, your financials, your bookkeeping in order. Sometimes it's just like, what are you trying to get? Because when we have that, we can educate a client and saying, well, based on what you want, here's really how you should be recording and let's work toward it. And, and we have plenty of people, Dana, that come and they've been, their books are completely hosed. They're not doing them right. They don't know how to do them right. So it becomes a, just a, they're complete clusters, right? Let's just leave it at that. Um, and so we understand that it's a big shift, right? It's like, um, if I love sugar, which I do, um, if somebody said you need to drop, you know, give sugar up or give it all up, I'm be like, yeah, okay. In your dreams. So it's a process, (laughs) right? You sort of, take these baby steps into Uh introducing them to the right process. And that's what we do. We kind of help navigate them into like, okay, well, here's what we need to do first. First, we're going to get some accounting software set up that you can also see because some people are just like, oh, I don't deal with that part. Somebody else handles it 100%. And we're okay with somebody. Exactly. And that's what we say. We're okay with, with you not wanting to handle it, but you need to be engaged and understand where your money is going. Right. Um, and so what we try to do is establish it, speak to them, educate them, um, help them have the, that information. And then we really start looking at that. Once we start integra- getting them in their process, they start feeling a relief. And, and every once in a while we get that. Um, I, I feel like it's at a three month mark, you know, like we've been dating, I call it for three months. Yeah. And then, you know, like they see the commitment and then they're like, Oh, I could totally see why this is worth it now yeah. because I am feeling relief. I do see where my money is going and now I can start making adjustments for it. And well, so that's always our goal is how to make it, make it so that you understand what's happening as a business right. owner, feel that you feel the relief, but also you start seeing where you can run leaner, where you could be more profitable or yeah. what areas you can just make adjustments on. And that's exactly it. You know, um, 
as long as they can start learning how to identify, okay, when things mm-hmm. start dipping or when things start getting confusing or something like that, to take a step back and being familiar enough with their numbers to be able to identify where the issues might be. Mm-hmm. You know, yep, exactly. You know, that's a that's a huge step for a business owner. Um, you know, and, and this is what concerns me with the number of new licenses that we are issuing right now to small business owners and them jumping into these new businesses and, you know, robbing their 401ks or, you know, taking out the equity in their homes without a strategy in place for how they're going to do this. This includes a financial strategy. It's an accounting strategy. It's a staffing strategy. It's having these things in place. Otherwise you're going to be blowing that money. And the next thing you know, you're going to have empty pockets with a business that's just barely keeping its doors open, you know, and there's no money coming in. Absolutely. So, and you know, it's unfortunate. We've seen that happen. I I remember, um, early on when we started our business, we had this one and they were the nicest couple you wanted to, to have good news for them. Yeah. Um, and they, they purchased this business and they just been, you know, putting money into it. And at the end of the, of the, of the day, it was almost a, a half a million dollars that they ended up putting into this business. Right. And it was just not going to be successful. And by the time they, they tapped us to help them, They'd already been in business for two years and we're looking at the information and we're like, uh, you're not going to make money on this business unless you, you know, get X amount of people. It, it, it was, it was clearly a volumes business and they didn't quite understand that that's what it was. A volume um, business. Yeah. Right. Low, and so low margins and, and yeah. Yeah. Low margin. And you just had to be out there doing it. And that just meant you need to have a whole lot more equipment. And so they'd been investing their dollars in the wrong area. Right. And so they didn't have financials in place. So for the longest time, they were just trying to make it happen, right? Oh, look, the business needs money. Let's just funnel money to the business. Let's just funnel. And then we ended up having to have this, one of our most uncomfortable conversations with them. Like, this is not a business that you're going to make money on. The the promised results, or I don't know how you decided you were going to buy this business, but it's not happening for you. And it won't happen unless you do this type of investment. And you're not going to see the results for until, you know, X amount of years. Right. Um, and it was so unfortunate. It was really sad, but they ended up deciding that this just, just wasn't, right. wasn't for them. Right. right. And that's kind of a tough and expensive lesson to learn $500 million into it to, to realize this is just not going to make me money. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. You know, um, I can tell you that I had one client that I was working with. Um, he was a physician and he was opening an uh, urgent care facility. And he had spent, you know, thousands of dollars fixing up this office and, you know, and all this other stuff. And then he opens the doors and nobody's there. Nobody, you know, and he had been open, I, I want to say about a year, and he had very few customers coming in. And he had come to me and through the conversations, we found out that, you know, he had spent so much money on the office and, you know, and staffing and things like that, but nothing on marketing, nothing on marketing. And a lot of companies, this is what they do. They, they see marketing dollars as something that can come later, but I'm a firm believer without customers, there is no business. And so you have to really be thinking about 
Um, how are you going to bring those customers through the door? How are you going to, how are you going to attract those customers so that you can build your business? And how many of your customers come in with no marketing dollars, no, no dollars for customer, you know, list building and things like that. How many of them are, are so focused on everything else other than bringing customers through the door? Well, it's pretty interesting for us because, um, we're firm believers too that accounting and bookkeeping is a huge role in, in establishing. And so we say, if you're going to start your business, that's fine. If you're not going to have a bookkeeping team with you, every holding your hand throughout the whole thing, that's fine. But you do want them involved in setting up that accounting software for you right. initially. And you do want to track that because what we see is they jump from here's my business here's me working it. Sales aren't coming. So now I'm going to buy a, get a business coach. Right. And, and so we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That kind of all works the wrong way because if you were tracking your dollars, then here's, you probably needed to go talk to somebody that would do marketing. You probably needed to talk to somebody else that can do some market analysis. And you probably want to find out what the best areas for you to network in right. um, that would yield those results for you. And so, um, it's kind of interesting the way we see it because I feel like everybody goes and I'm, I'm making money. Oh, look, it's not happening quite as fast enough. Um, they go into debt trying to keep making happen. Right. Then they say, Oh, you know what I really need is I know that I'm not doing very well because I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to hire a business coach and get into more debt at the moment. And I love business coach. I'm so for them. I just think that there is a, an order Yes, how, who you bring into your team and how you develop it. Right. And so, um, you know, having a, a legal representative to us is one of the most important people. When you do start your, your business, you want to make sure that, hey, did I select the right entity, the right, do I want to be an S Corp? Do I want to just be an LLC? Um, and that's where if you I can have, also help them. Yes. Yeah. It, or, and if we can't help them because it's a little more involved, we have a team readily available to help them. Right. So it becomes one of those conversations. I have a partner. Okay, great. Do you guys have a partnership agreement? No, we're, we, we just love our, you know, we've, we've been, and we're like, we've been Oh for no. So long. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so you kind of see, you, you almost see the writing on the wall, not because you want to, but just because history has shown us like, right. Listen, it's so easy to split $0. And having all those agreements split at that moment. But yeah. when you're in debt or when you've made money, either way, mm -hmm. splitting it is not as easy. And that friendship may no longer be, you know, you might not, not, not end up being BFFs for a while. Yeah. But we do see a lot of that. Um, and even when business owners throughout the pandemic were looking at, hey, how do I cut dollars? One of the things we said is the one thing you definitely don't want to cut is marketing dollars. Because guess what? Right. Everyone's on the web right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone is looking, everyone's using social media. So if you can find the, you know, get lean in other areas, invest in that one department, right. because that's exactly where you're going to be able to attract clients or, yeah. you know, whatever programs you're rolling out. Right. And, and, you know, because of the pandemic and having to cut staffing, you know, and stuff like that, it becomes even more important on how they're going to reach out to, you know, attract mm -hmm. and convert new customers. You know, one of the things that I'm doing right now in a partnership with, um, with another gentleman who specializes in social media and digital marketing is we're writing a book. It's called Social or Sociopathic. 
And basically what we're talking about is because of the pandemic and what's happened and the influx, the, the swelling of digital marketing and the people moving to the digital marketing you know, space, um, how do you still stand out? Right. How do you still stand out. How do you still build that credibility? And you need, and the first thing you need to do when you're talking about doing this is understanding where are those sociopaths? Who are who is out there touting their their expertise and their credibility with nothing to back it up? Because that's one big way that you can lose money by by taking them at their word as opposed to researching and making sure the sources match the, you know, what they're stating, you know, as far as that's concerned. So, you know, that's one thing moving forward, if you're, which most, most companies are having to do this now is going in with a digital strategy that is designed to build your client list, you know, Mm -hmm. build your client list and convert those, you know, those leads, you know, without having to be out in front of people because, Chances are it's not going to turn around anytime really soon. Yeah. And I think what, what happens with marketing dollars is um, I think if a, if a business owner is not clear on their message, exactly, it becomes this constant, you know, dollar amount that, that they need to grab. Yeah. Uh, that you're, you're, you're not seeing the results because you're not clear on your branding. So I think yeah. on the marketing side, you definitely need to know who is your target audience. Now, Exactly. That doesn't mean that other people that are not your target audience are not going to buy, buy from you, but right. you've got to have one person that you're specifically targeting. Right. right. And, and that that's, that's your avatar. Let's call that. Yeah. And that's who you're targeting. And if you don't have a clear message on who your business, what your business is and what it does, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle. Um, and I only say this because for us, it was one of the biggest struggles we do. Our, our business specializes in bookkeeping, um, because it's the foundation of any good reporting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't say you're going to grow if you, if your bookkeeping's not there, but we, we, um, we, we take that information and then we make decisions and we start saying, here's how we improve this process. Your costs are too, are too low or your costs are too high. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of keep navigating that way, but we had a problem where we didn't want to do taxes, right? Mm-hmm. We, we think that that's a, a, its own specialty and we wanted to have a team that would handle that, but that's not necessarily, but anytime you see, you say accountant, first thing that comes to mind for everybody tax. was taxes. Yeah. So it was a struggle to develop a brand that around, was yeah. around that. Yes, we are accountants and yes, we do this, but no, we're not doing taxes, but it was just, there was so, it was so hard to branch out of that just because right. of the conception that exists. So if you're in an industry that is so closely tied. You really need to have that clear message on you do. who your who your who your audience is, who those people are, because then those dollars are going to matter. And, and you're we're going to you're going to we're going to be talking taxes next week. So, oh yay, <laughs> yay, <laughs> yeah! What a way to start 2021 with with accounting, bookkeeping, and accounting, then taxes, and then we're going to also talk about HR. Yeah, good and, stuff. And virtual hiring. So. <laughs> Oh man, you're just going yes, all over the place. But I, but if your target in and your audience is is 
bit made up of small business owners or people that are looking, individuals that are looking to grow their businesses, individuals that are looking maybe to start a business and they're just trying to get some feedback and doing some research. This right. is all information we all need, whether we're an established business or not. The industries yeah. are changing so fast, the rules and the laws right. that any information that or any contact we have that we know, okay, this person's going to keep us in the loop is absolutely right. necessary. Right, right. And we do. We, we depend on our, our accountant, our CPA. We, we depend on him to keep us on task. Right. On task, because, you know, you get so busy working in the business that you're not working in the areas that you need to. If you're so busy producing, you know, um, as we call the technical people, you've got the you've got the ideologist or the visionary, which is the entrepreneur. And then you've got the manager who is the one that oversees the projects. And then you have the technical people. These are the doers. These are the people Mm -hmm. doing everything. If you're so busy doing Okay, that you can't pay attention to the management side and and the vision side, you know, your your business is sure to fail, you know, unless you get somebody in there that's going to help you as far as that's concerned. Well, Liz, I am so glad I had you on today. We're towards the end of our show. Um, Do me a favor. If uh, any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you, how should they reach out with questions and, you know, uh, for more information? How can they reach out? Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for having me, Dana. First of all, it's it's been a pleasure. This was actually pretty cool. So, you know, I'm kind of happy about all that. Um, but you can reach us at chembusinesssolutions.com. Um, our chem, uh, the business is chem. Yep, the business is chembusinesssolutions.com. Our website is www.chembizsolutions.com, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as Chembiz Accounting. Okay. Thank you, Liz. I really appreciate you spending time. Thanks so much. You have a good one. Yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed this. And next week we will be talking about taxes, those dreaded taxes (laughs) coming up. Um, But this is all designed so that you can be prepared for 2021 moving forward. This is Dana Oliva with Marketatomy LLC. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.